Save big money at Menards. Let the fresh air in and keep the bugs out with replacement screen for your doors and windows from AdForce. It's easy to install, durable against the elements, and comes in a variety of types to suit your needs. Repair your screens today with a roll of replacement screen on sale through May 5th. And check out more great deals happening now in our weekly flyer on Menards.com. Save big money at Menards. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag and Ike. The NFL is in its offseason, but the NBA playoffs, the NHL playoffs, and Major League Baseball are in full swing. And if you want to place a bet on the action, bet online is the place to do it. Might as well. You know, if you're just looking at what's going on in the NBA, heck, if you're just looking at what's going on in the College World Series, I'm getting into with baseball. You might as well just go to bet online, man, and put a wager into something. Love to see the return of fans. Visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and receive your 50% welcome bonus. So before the next tip-off, face-off, or pitch ahead, head over to Bet Online and start playing today. All right, cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome into another edition of the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. IT, I see you're rocking the alma mater today. Yeah. I'm feeling good. Yeah. I hope you're feeling good. How are yeah, you this I'm morning? Yeah, feeling real good. Got to fit me real nice, man. Got to rock the University of Lafayette one time. I love it. I love it. We have a loaded show for our listeners today. We're going to get into the Le'Veon Bell, Andy Reid saga. We're going to get into the Steelers preseason schedule release, but we're going to start with several Steelers players entering their contract season. And Ike, before I give you the keys to the Cadillac and put you in Kevin Colbert's shoes of which players the Steelers should prioritize, I first wanted to set the table and have you explain to our listeners and our viewers from a player standpoint what it's like to be entering a contract season, what goes into that, because you want to ball out in your contract season to be able to secure the bag and get a massive contract. So I want to start there. Man, it's a good feeling. You know, it's a, it's a good feeling to be wanted, you know, especially when you know and you're one of the priorities in the offseason. I was one of the priorities in the offseason. So I felt good. It was just a matter on getting the numbers right, um, what was going on in the cornerback market, what was my value, not only in the market, but most important, what was my value for the team, you know? And I knew staying with Pittsburgh, uh, I wasn't going to get paid if I wouldn't hit the market because usually when you hit the market, you probably wind up going at the time to a team who probably wasn't that good, got a lot of cap space. And they just want they they want some winners on their roster, but it just just signing back with Pittsburgh, I vowed to myself and Troy Palomalo, Hall of Fame Troy Palomalo. I'm sorry that we should stick together uh, during our whole career, and that's what we wind up doing. So for me, it was just the numbers. Got the numbers right on my second contract. Wind up getting the third contract. Got the numbers even better on that one. But at the same time, man, it just felt good to 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 be a priority in the offseason because. You know, I didn't I didn't want that feeling. Luckily, I didn't get that feeling 
on what it was not to be a priority in the offseason when it came down to contracts. So you're looking at, you know, generational wealth. You're looking at, man, what can I do in the future? Uh, what number do I want to have in the bank to be set for life? So it's 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 a it's it's a it's a great feeling to have, uh, knowing that you worked your whole your whole life to get to that point in that moment. Um, but I, I I didn't want to leave. I just wanted to be a stiller for the rest of my life, and I wind up doing that for the duration of my career. So for me though, um, it just felt good, man. It felt like dang, all this hard work really, really came together. Then I wind up getting a third contract. Then I was like, dang, man, they they really do like me. And obviously I must have been doing something good to to get a to get the third contract. But very blessed, very fortunate, Mark. I'd imagine that in the offseason when you're training and getting ready for that contract season, you push it just a little bit harder when you're doing your sprint workouts or when you're lifting weights that you're going to push it just a little bit further than you normally would. No, 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 I'm wrong about this. That, that for me, that was, that was just me. I was consistent. Um, As a matter of fact, doing my third contract, that was the time we had the lockout. We was going through the lockout. Mm -hmm. And uh, I wind up in Pittsburgh, had the first rights to sign me, but I wind up just training. I bought Coach Tom Shaw, um, Tom Shaw, who's been training me since like the eighth grade, ninth grade. I bought him to to Pittsburgh because I couldn't I couldn't train with the guys, but they wind up seeing how we train in the off season uh, in front of them while they was doing training camp. So the Pittsburgh Steelers was on one team, and me and Coach Shaw was on another field, but we was training at the same time they was practicing. So they was like, okay, now we see why he don't get hurt. Now we see why he always come prepared. Now we see, and we wasn't doing anything extra. We was just working out like how we work out in the off season, but they never saw it live in person. They, they saw every time somebody came with me to coach Tom Shaw, how good of a shape they was in. But for them to actually see it in person, and I'm the one coach Shaw training, it was like, dang. So it got to that point where, where Gary Gimont, who's the strength and conditioning coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers, and Coach Tomlin was like, anybody who trains with Ike doesn't have to do a, a conditioning test <laughs> for us when we get back. Because they, they saw. So once they saw, there was already, there was believers, Mark. <laughs> I know there was like an old TV report where you're working out and you're trying to get a new contract and you're like, I work hard, you know, I, I, I've been upstanding. My teammates love me. It's like, you know, I do everything I'm supposed to off the field. Why don't you sign me? Was, was this around the same time? I know there was like a, a, a local TV story and there, there was a Pittsburgh local news station that did a story on you. Was this around the was, same time? I think that was my second one. That was my, okay. that was my second contract because, you know, I'm just coming off of, luckily, I started that year with one of Super Bowl. That helped me. So my first year starting, I signed a three-year deal coming out of college, wind up starting 05, get to Detroit and win a Super Bowl. And we wind up beating the top four teams that had the top five offenses for that run. So I'm like, what we waiting on? Where my money at? <laughs> you know, you know what I'm saying? Like, Man, we had one of the best defenses. We had the most 
the best personality in the NFL on defense. And my first year starting. So I had contributed a lot. That's that's what I thought. Like, dang, I started, the Shea Townsend started, and Troy started. We was like, and we won a Super Bowl. So man, I can't wait to get paid. <laughs> so what, what, what why is the numbers why is the numbers so off? But the disrespect <laughs> from the Pittsburgh still is the first time. I'm like, golly, boy, y'all very disrespectful negotiating. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's just how it is. So a lot of a lot of guys don't understand from the business aspect of it. You know, this that's what they gotta do. You know, they, they gotta be low because they know you're gonna shoot high. And some way, somehow, man, y'all just gotta meet in the middle. Somebody gotta come to some sort of agreement, but the first, the first offer to me, I want to walk upstairs and I want to fight everybody up though. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't, I couldn't believe it. I said, man, this, 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 this can't be true. My agent called me. He he told me the number. I said, oh man, stop playing. He said, no, <laughs> I said, well, I know there's. Him. I know there's the story where you went into Dan Rooney's office and convinced him to give you an extra. I can't remember if it was a quarter million or half a million extra, where it was just like, that, that was, that was it because that I'm was, worth it. Was, yeah. Yeah. That was my second. Uh, and it's crazy. Uh, Omar Khan, the guy who was in charge of, of, of the money and the contracts for the Pittsburgh Steelers. This is coming from him. He, uh, he said, uh, what you do? I, cause he's from New Orleans as well. I said, what you mean? He said, Paul Barone had a number set and told me to tell your agent, don't go over that number. And I was like, man, I had to go in the office and talk to him. I had to close the door and I had to talk to him. He said, well, hell, man, you talked to him well because whatever number you was looking for, he called me and said, I'll just give Ike whatever he wants. <laughs> so that was pretty damn cool coming from Omar. Okay, so we're going to go to the current Steelers roster. Several players entering the 2021 season in the final year of their contracts. Now, I'm going to list out the all the players entering the final year of their contract, and then I'm going to ask you which should the Steelers prioritize signing to an extension. So, in my opinion, TJ Watt is going to be a no-brainer after this season. So I think that that's, you almost start there, but with the understanding of what no. he brings to the table, he's going to get there. Okay. Okay. So TJ Watts there, Joe Hayden, Juju Smith-Schuster, Eric Ebron, James Washington, David DeCastro and Chooks Okorafor. So I know you always say, build your house from the ground up. I, so I think. I, doing. Yep. Okay. Okay. That's what you, you you read my mind, so okay. that's exactly what you're doing. You're you I'm signing the Castro. Okay. I'm signing I'm 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 signing the Castro. I'm tagging TJ. Cause I gotta work I gotta work these numbers out. I'm tagging TJ, signing the Castro, sign Juju. That's Joe, Joe will work something out. Um Joe getting up there. Even though he's still playing at a high level, we'll figure something out. Um, if he won't bite on a low offer that we give him, cool. If he don't, he can walk. That's just how that's going to go. I don't think Joe going to walk. Joe like his money. 
So I think whatever offer they do offer Joe, Joe wouldn't mind staying. It just depends on that, that cornerback situation. Who do they feel is next in line? And if they don't feel like nobody next in line, then Joe coming back. If they feel like they already got a successor for Joe, then Joe ain't coming back, you know? So, but the Castro first. I'm signing the Castro because I'm not paying the Castro TJ Watt money. TJ going to get $100 million. I'm not paying the Castro $100 million, But the Castro, I got to look at, okay, he's been an all-pro. He's He's been the TJ Watt, you know, on offense when it comes down to the mm-hmm. offensive line. So I got to I gotta pay the Castro. So I'm going to pay the Castro first. Juju, I get a Juju round third. Um, Juju's got to prove to me, you know. And what he's what he's been proving is he's a good two. He's a good two. He's a good number two. So he's going to get this number two money at the wide receiver position. He's not going to get number one money. So TJ, I tag TJ to hold him off until the offseason so I can go and on give him that $100 million. But I'm signing the Castro first. <laughs> I see what you're what you're doing. DeCastro, thirty-one years old, so still several years left. A six-time Pro Bowl player, he's been yes. in, at the All-Pro level three times, yeah. and I think that's especially important considering Marquise Pouncey retires. Correct. Steelers won't have that. They need that veteran leadership along the offensive line, and if they can get back to running the football with the G. Harrison company, DeCastro is going to be key in that. So I do Correct. think DeCastro, if you can get a reasonable deal because I'm looking at he's owed something north of $14 million entering the 2021 season. If they can get him back to that all pro level, that's actually a bargain because I'd imagine this is going to be big Ben's last ride too. You're going to have a new quarterback in the 2022 season. So to be able to stabilize that you have an all pro guard that makes everyone on the offense's life just a heck of a lot easier. So I, I see what you're doing there. To me, the reason why I say TJ Watson no brainer is like he's, if you lose Bud Dupree this offseason, you've got to be able to keep one of your star edge rushers and the level of production he's played at the last several years. I know there was the argument that he should be the defensive player of the year. It wound up going to Aaron Donald and you get into, okay, Aaron Donald has similar numbers, not as good, but he's playing from an interior standpoint. Whereas Watt plays on the exterior to me, losing Dupree puts a bigger emphasis on making sure that you have Watt in a Steelers uniform for years to come. So that's why I said I would start with Watt. Uh, DeCastro is right there behind Watt, in my opinion, but that's just how I would prioritize it if I were in Kevin Colbert's shoes. No, don't, don't, get, don't get me wrong, Mark. I agree with you 100%. It's just I, I know I got to – TJ going to be two contracts. He's going to be Juju yeah. and, you know – uh, the cash flow contract put together. So yeah, my priority is <laughs> yeah, is it's true. Is it's him. true. You know what I'm saying? He, he's gonna be one. I would just I would just state how I would do it. So I, I will I would go out on sign the Castro first. I would sign Juju, but I would tag TJ and I and I would tell TJ, TJ, I'm we about to tag you, but at the same time, this is we're gonna pay you whatever you need. And that's how that's gonna go. So that's 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 what I'm saying. I, I agree with you 100. I was just saying on how I would do the signings. You mentioned Juju joining a new agency this week, so he joined 
Chaffee Fields at Wasserman Media Group Sports Division. He leaves Rock Nation, which Jay-Z founded. And I imagine he's going to want to get paid next offseason when he's due to hit free agency again. So we'll it, see. It ain't going to matter. It, Juju, I mean, Juju is, Juju is a very young, smart businessman. He's he's made a lot of money off the field with his followers. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a football player. He just so happened to be a YouTuber. You know what I'm saying? So he he came into the game like that. You know, that's just been Juju. Now, on the other hand, it don't matter. It don't matter who you have representing you. You are what you are on the field. So you're not going. You're not going to squeeze nothing uh, out of anybody's pocket. You know. Your tape is your resume, and your tape says when Antonio Brown left, and they wanted you to be the successor. Successor, it was difficult for you. That's what the tape said. The tape said we give you another year to do it, and a young stud and Deontay Johnson and a Chase Claypool they come into a factor. That's what the tape say. I'm not. I'm not saying you're not a still. He definitely can play some ball. But when I look at him, I look at him as a two. You know, I don't look at him as a one. You Let know, me ask you, you this is a quick follow-up. I've yes, seen sir. some reports that I know Juju's traditionally played in the slot. Do you make anything of these reports that the Steelers will utilize him more on the outside in the 2021 season? Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I, 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 they just they just want to see, you know. But they, they use him in a slot because Juju got a slot body, you know. <laughs> He's very, he's he's very, he's very physical in the slot. He don't mind taking hits. He's around two twenty five, two thirty. Like if you see Juju, Juju is a is a big young man. You know what I'm saying? He's he's not small at all. He got a nice little shape. He got a nice little shape to him. You know, so that's why they use him in a in in a slot. And he's a nice little target. Juju about six three. You know, so it's Chase. But it, his the way he runs in his body, he's built for that. Uh, Deontay wouldn't wouldn't be able to last in the slot. Chase Chase can run a few routes in the slot. Chase Claypool can run a few routes in the slot. But I'll leave him on the outside. Um, I'll leave Deontay on the outside, and I'll let Juju do what he need to do. But yeah, mixing up a little bit um, on the outside for Juju that wouldn't be bad. But at the same time, Mark, they had Juju on the outside. That's a little bit different on the outside. Mm. As well, you know, Juju is more of a man put me in motion kind of guy. Uh, winning the one on ones uh, outside wasn't wasn't a huge skill set for him. You know, that's why they put him in the inside. You know, get him off the ball, let him work with the safeties, uh, third down corners, and had a lot of big plays, a lot of big plays in that slot. You know what I'm saying? So that's for me. That's that's where he at. That's that's where it fits him in, in that slot, unless unless he loses weight and his body type ain't his body type ain't. He's not a lose weight kind of guy, you know. Juju, I'm telling you, man. You see Juju in person, you're like, man, this kid is solid. Mm-hmm. This 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 kid is solid. So I think in that offense, he fits well in the offense in the slot. So you keep you always keep three receivers on the field because of Juju playing in that slot my personal opinion i want to see the steelers either keep juju after this season or james washington because we're talking about the receiver group right now that is a position of strength 
Kuzu and James Washington due to hit free agency next offseason. So whichever one of the two that it is, and I want to show James Washington some love here just for a second. Ike. A- his, his ability to block downfield, I think it's as impressive as anything he does from a receiving standpoint as well. And so I, I feel like he's been – a little bit unheralded in this Steelers offense because they have so many different weapons, particularly among the receiver group that whether it's Juju or James Washington, it's going to be hard to keep both next off season, but just to make that whoever the new quarterback is in 2022, once big Ben hangs it up, I, I want to see them be able to keep at least one of the two because it might not be the most elite level talent in the NFL, but the Steelers receivers are, again, a position group of strength and maybe the deepest in the NFL because of all of the different receivers that they have, but all the different styles of receivers that they have as well. James Washington is not the household name for the Pittsburgh Steelers, but if you just look at the Dallas Cowboy game, if you just look at every time Big Ben got in trouble, who he was going to, he was going to James Washington when he was on the field. When they, when they played Cleveland, when they played Dallas, and I'm missing another game. When it came down to third down situations, when it came down to last drive situations, seven was looking for 13, James Washington. And they know how valuable he is, you know, on the field. That's why I don't think they tripping on Juju. James, James isn't, he isn't a, James isn't Juju, but at this at the same time, he has he holds a lot of value. So you're exactly right between Juju and James, uh, they're going to offer Juju some money. Of course, they want Juju to stay, but they understand they got James sitting in the cut uh, just as durable with stronger hands and very reliable. And like you said, he bring that extra, just like Juju, the extra blocking in the run game. If they lose both players, Ike, I'm going to go on record right now. Let's clone Chase Claypool and Deontay Johnson so we have that depth at the receiver group position that we're accustomed to seeing the last few years. Uh, Ike, anything else with uh, that you want to go over with the player contracts and a contract season before we move on to our next topic? No, I think we hit it on the head, bro. Like you said, Pittsburgh is deepest at the wide receiver position, I think, um, in the NFL, just totally overall. They got five guys who can play on anybody's team. Um, I think the Castro, uh, Juju, and TJ, of course, a no-brainer, like you said, is is a priority. Uh, just the way they're going to do it, I think that's how I think Kevin Colbert and company, Kevin Colbert and company is going to do it that way. They're going to tag and they're going to tell uh, TJ, man, we're going to tag you to sign you. They're going to go on and try to sign. They're going to sign the Castro. The Castro will be a priority. They're going to offer Juju. So either Juju going to like it. Well, he's not going to like it. He'll be in another uniform, and that's just how it goes. The only reason why they're they're going to do that is because the depth they have at that wide wide receiver position. Don't forget, Juju was on the market already. Yep, he came back. So yep. it's, it doesn't matter to the Pittsburgh Steelers at that position. Ike, we know you're a psychic, so if it plays out that way with how Kevin Colbert decides to do these extensions – We'll just add that as further proof that you're psychic because you always hit it right on the head of what's going to happen before it happens. So I'm going to put this in the memory bank and remember that. Okay, okay, for sure. We will move on. Former Steelers running back Le'Veon Bell is now apologizing to Kansas City Chiefs head coach Andy Reid. This comes after Bell 
says that he'd rather retire than play for Reed again. And I, I was trying to rack my brain about this. I'm really not familiar with anyone who has had anything negative to say about Andy Reed, at least not publicly. And I'm not going to argue with the chief's level of success, making two consecutive Super Bowls, winning Super Bowl 54 and making three consecutive AFC championship game appearances Bell, 29 years old, still a free agent, and nearly won a Super Bowl with the Chiefs last year. But just wanted to get your take on what you thought about how all of this played out between Le'Veon Bell and Andy Reid. It was kind of shocking, you know, when and when I saw it. I saw it from my nephew. My nephew showed it to me. I was like, damn, why would, why would, why would Le'Veon say he'd do something like that? You know, especially talking about the head coach. And usually, you know, with the head coaching part, Nobody really have nothing to say bad about Coach Andy Reid. You know, every, everybody from the most part, like players who play for him, they say Andy Reid is somebody who really cares genuinely about them, you know, uh, outside of the football aspect, being a football player for him. So I just I just didn't get – I don't know the conversation Le'Veon and Andy had, and that's the part of – that's the other part of when it came down to when I was thinking, okay, what would trigger Le'Veon to say that? So what was the conversation between Coach Andy Reid and Le'Veon? And that's something we'll never know unless one of them just come out and say, hey, this was the conversation, this is how it went. Uh, maybe the guy felt played on this certain or particular situation. But it was just shocking when Le'Veon, you usually don't come out to say something about the head coach. You know what I'm saying? Like, I see Aaron Rodgers beefing with the front office because when it comes down to money, that's what you do. They have nothing to do with you in the field. Um, but when you want to talk about a coach, that was tough. So it was it was very puzzling for me, Mark, to hear Le'Veon, to hear Le'Veon say that um, about a head coach, especially a coach like that, because usually – from what I've heard, the players around who play for Andy Reid, they love him. So, but I don't know what Andy Reid and Le'Veon uh, are in that one-on-one conversation, what was told to Le'Veon sometime, sometime down the line during the season. I would love to see Bell return to form for why we fell in love with him as a running back in the first place. But we all know, Ike, the NFL stands for not, not for long. long. And you're talking about a player who hasn't averaged more than four yards a carry since the 2016 season, 3.7 yards per carry from 2017 through 2020. We know how he held out on his Steelers teammates for a full season. He then gets the bag and goes to the Jets and everyone's like, hey, you know, this is an example of holding out to get your money actually pays off. Things really didn't work out for him in New York. You can put a lot of blame on Adam Gase. That's why he's not the head coach there anymore. At the same time, I was hoping, you know, this marriage with the Chiefs would go well because he very nearly won a Super Bowl this past season. And I thought a one-two punch of him and Clyde Edwards-Hilaire would be among the NFL's best because when they're at the top of their games, they're really as good as any backs in the league. So, I'm hoping this blows over. I hope we get to see Bell in some uniform at some point in the 2021 season because his patience running the football is unlike 
any running back I've ever seen. His patience, waiting for blocks to develop. I love how he kind of jumps around and uses jump cuts to be able to get yardage and read blocks. He, It's beautiful to watch when he's on, in, in form and on top of his game, and I hope he gets that opportunity at some point with some team for this upcoming season because when, when he's right, he's among the NFL's best. Yeah, he just hasn't been right for years now. So that's, I mean, he got a, he got a bad batch, um, a bad situation with New York Jets. Didn't make him look good at all. Then you go to the Chiefs. Um, at first he was getting some carries or whatever. Then that kind of like died down. So I don't know if it's frustration. Um, I really don't know what it is. I know he's always in shape. Um, he's a great teammate. He's fun to be around. He's cool in the locker room. That's something I do know. Uh, very outspoken for sure. But at the same time, I just, when you come out by the, about a head coach, especially a head coach like that, it's, it's going to raise a lot of eyebrows to other teams. You know, is this how he going to act when he don't get it his way? Or if I have a one-on-one sit down, is he going to go down and, you know, talk to somebody on the comment on Twitter or Instagram? So, mm-hmm. Levy just got to be careful, man. You got to be careful with this social media because they ain't paying you. They ain't giving you the opportunity um, for what you want to do and the goals you have individually for yourself. It's going to be through football. And that's the part Levy got to understand on You're exactly right, Ike, because I've got his contract earnings year by year. 2017 season with the Steelers, just a little bit north of $12 million. He goes to the Jets two years later in the 2019 season and makes nearly $15 million. Obviously, this last year with the Chiefs didn't make nearly that much, but 29 years old, and we know with the running back position, it's just not valued at the NFL level in the way that it was in the past. So you can get a young running back coming out of the draft and pay them, you know, pennies and nickels on the dollar as you would for a more veteran established player who's looking to get a larger contract. And just, again, given his level of production in the last several years, it just hasn't been worth it, even on a smaller contract. But then the problems that he's had and he's created, and and a lot of it is just off the field. And And it's just, again, I would love to see him return to form. I hope we get to see that. But at 29 years old, I know a lot of times with running backs in the NFL, that's considered like ancient. For other position groups, that's like 40 years old. And that's just it, it that's that's not that's no knock on Le'Veon Bell. That's just the reality of what the life is for an NFL running back. Man, it, it ain't too many Frank Gores. You know. <laughs> or Adrian so, Peterson, but yeah. Yeah, ain't too many. Once you get once you get that four hundred plus carries, Levy got that four hundred plus carries. Um that body, man, that, that body takes a toll. That body takes a, a lot of abuse. Uh, then you got to look at Le'Veon came out of Michigan State. He was leading the NCAA in yak yards. Yards out the contact. So that body as a running back, man, it takes its toll. Uh, but one thing I will say about Levy is, man, that boy stay in shape. I can't even lie between him and Antonio Brown. You want to talk about coming in in the offseason and being in shape? Them two boys going to be in shape. That's that's what I do know. It's just, like you say, man, that life expectancy for a running back in the league is not that long. 
that's not that long. They they're gonna pay you one time, and that's it. They will pay you one good time, and that's it. and that's that's a wrap for the running back. So that's it's it's what Le'Veon want to do. Can he can he can he keep his mouth closed off of, off the field and not talk to these fans and respond and comment and understand mm-hmm. um, whatever whatever you want to do in life, it's gonna come through football unless you just want to rap, you know. Of course, he got a few videos out, a few songs out, or whatever. If he want to be a rapper, he can pursue his rapping career. But uh, he made a lot of money so far in a short span uh, playing football and toting that rock. Ike, whenever we talk about the Steelers' offensive line, you always bring up Marquise Pouncey and David DeCastro, and there's no doubt they helped Le'Veon Bell get paid. And I, I know it's you know it, it's teamwork and everything, but to be able to – Clear holes up front, being able to maul dudes, uh, opposing defenses. It, it's one of those things where I don't really think he had that in New York. I thought he might have that in Kansas City this last year because Damian Williams, who we both thought should have been the Super Bowl MVP of Super Bowl 54, remember, he opted out of the 2020 season. So the Chiefs needed someone to back up Clyde Edwards Elaire. And, right. you know, the, re- the rest is history. And we're at where we're at at this point. But no, don't, don't. Don't get me wrong. It it was a good relationship between relationship on the field when it came down to Pittsburgh offensive line and Le'Veon Bell because Le'Veon was doing Le'Veon was doing seventy eighty catches coming out the backfield. You know what I'm saying? So Le'Veon he was an was all doing pro. He was an all pro, Ike. I mean, he's playing at an all pro level, and you know how I feel about that. When you're an all pro, like you say, Pro Bowl again, you're talking about fan accolades and merit there all pro it's on field production on field merit the best of the best yeah you you the guy that's just like cam hayward cam hayward didn't get a pro bowl vote or well, he got pro bowl votes but he didn't make the pro bowl but man wound up making all pro and i i tweeted that out i said man i'd rather be all pro any day in america because when it comes down to the contracts you can have seven pro bowl pro bowls on your on your resume but if you didn't play for 12 years and you got six-time All-Pro, man, that man, you're making a lot of, a lot of fatty, a lot of fatty, a lot of cheese, a lot of guap when you want to talk about them All-Pros. So, man, y'all can have the Pro Bowls. I'm cool with that. But give me the All-Pro any day. And you're 100% right, man. When you, when you have that on your resume, All-Pro, that means you're – People look at you in that position as the best in the world, not a fan favorite. Give me the sizzle and the steak. And <laughs> the steak being the steak being all pro, the sizzle being pro bowl. If I had to pick one of the two, give me the steak and not the sizzle. Ideally, you have both, Ike. And this is a great transition to our newest sponsor of the Believe in Steelers podcast, Moink. Moink was founded by an eighth-generation farmer who's featured on Shark Tank. Host Kevin O'Leary, Mr. Wonderful on Shark Shark Tank, said it's the best bacon he's ever tasted. So they're sending both of us, Ike, samples. I cannot wait to try this. You know how big of a griller I am. I'm going to get my sizzle and my steak on with Moink. I'm fired up. I, I can't remember having a better transition to an ad read, Ike, but... The floor is yours. Go ahead and tell our listeners and viewers about Moink. Man, if that thing oink, go ahead and give me some moink. 
I'm gonna I'm gonna leave it just like that. That was a smooth transition though, Mark and Mark. <laughs> but make sure we tell Mark, man, send your boy some of that good, some of that good stuff, man. But like I say, man, if that thing oink, man, make sure it's moink. I cannot wait to try this down at the grill, down at the pool. Join the moink. It's, it's, gr- it's grill season. You oh, know, absolutely. It's, it's grill season down there, 365. <laughs> Why do you think I live here? I can hear. <laughs> right, right. Join the Moink movement today. Go to moinkbox.com slash believe, B-L-A-V right now. That website is on your screen for the viewers of the Believe in Steelers podcast. Shout out to Moink. The listeners of this show will get free bacon for a year with every box ordered. That's one year of the best bacon you'll ever taste, but for a limited time, spelled moink, M-O-I-N-K box.com slash believe, B-L-E-A-V. That's moinkbox.com slash believe. Like I said, I cannot wait to try moink. It's gonna be, you know I always post it on my Instagram what I'm cooking up each night, and uh, I, I cannot wait to try this. Well, let, hey, I'm going to top it off like this. If that thing oink, just make sure it's coming from oink, baby. <laughs> All right. We will transition to final t- uh, segment of the show. Steelers preseason schedule is out. And I initially I was very confused because I was like, wait a second. We're moving to a 17-game regular season. How is there four preseason games? And I had to, like, double-check it and triple-check it. And it's because they're playing the Hall of Fame game against the Dallas Cowboys. So, unlike most NFL teams, the Steelers will have three preseason games – or, excuse me, four preseason games, whereas the majority of the league will be playing three. Correct. Can't wait. I'm going to beat up. Um, we got three going. We got Alifanica. Bill Nunn, R.P. Bill Nunn, Coach Coward, four. And Troy Palomalu, hey, man, when I say an organization, be deep. Be deep as the sea, deep as the ocean when it comes down to the Hall of Fame. I, hey, go on let the people from the Pittsburghs tell us, man, who need to be in the Hall of Fame, be in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> Hans Ward should get in the Hall of Fame. Yes, uh, yes. Yeah, Debo, Debo might have a long shot. Joy Porter might have a long shot. But – I'm just getting sick and tired every other year. Y'all talking about, man, we got too many people in the Hall of Fame. We can't help. We, as in a Pittsburgh Stiller, we can't help that the front office know how to draft and just get, you know, all pros, pro bowlers, slash Hall of Fame. We can't help we know what we're doing. We can't help that we got six Super Bowl rings. We can't help that every year, man, they always in contention to get to a Super Bowl or make it to the playoff. We can't help that Coach T haven't had a losing season. We can't help that we just worldwide. Let Dallas be Dallas. I get it. They understand. They're America's team. But I'd rather be the nation team than America's team. So for everybody who be hating on the Pittsburgh Steelers and be like, man, y'all got too many people in the Hall of Fame, keep saying that because that make me feel good. That makes me feel like, man, they know exactly what they're doing up there in Pittsburgh, PA, by drafting, finding guys who become pro bowlers, all pros, then Hall of Famers. I appreciate and love the hate. 
couple of things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. A couple things there. I remember several weeks back we're debating whether Julian Edelman is a Hall of Famer, and the answer is probably no. But you mentioned Heinz Ward, and if you look at every number, regular season or postseason, if you're going to put Julian Edelman in, Heinz Ward deserves to go first. There are several other players you could say that about. And you mentioned Heinz Ward and some of your other Steelers teammates. I can't help but think if they played for other, I'm going to say lesser franchises, that they would be up for Hall of Fame consideration. But because the Steelers have that standard of excellence, I mean, just recently in the last, Mike Tomlin's entering his 15th year and still does not have a losing season. That's crazy. So it's one of those things where, to me, it's like, again, if they played for lesser organizations, would we think about that a little bit differently? But because they play in Pittsburgh, you even have to be a level above elites, like all time to be even considered for the Hall of Fame because, you know, quote unquote, there are too many Steelers in the Hall of Fame. And we and we talk about the coaching staff, Russ Grimm, Hall of Fame that coached me, Mike Munchak, Hall of Famer that coached me. Dick LeBeau, Hall of Famer, who coached me. Coach Coward, Hall of Famer, who coached me. Hell, the, doc, the guy, the, the the man who was signing my damn paychecks, Paul Paul R.P., Hall of Famer. Kevin Colbert wound up getting in the Hall of Fame. Coach T, gonna probably wind up getting in the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Man, I was just surrounded by greatness, bro. So the Steelers' preseason starts August 8th in the Hall of Fame game against the Dallas Cowboys. That'll be the NFL's first preseason game. August the 12th against the Philadelphia Eagles. August the 21st against the Detroit Lions. And then the Steelers wrap up the preseason on August the 27th against the Carolina Panthers. And Ike, there are a lot of storylines to watch this preseason for the Steelers. I know some of our discussion with Dwayne Haskins and Mason Rudolph in the battle for the backup quarterback position has made its rounds a very popular subject topic amongst fans. To me, the thing I'm going to be watching most is, has the offensive line play improved just considering the struggles that you had a season ago? How does Alex Highsmith look replacing Bud Dupree? How does Devin Bush look coming back from an ACL injury a season ago? Can Deontay Johnson hang on to the football by a lot of measures? This is not an official statistic, but by a lot of the different Agencies out there that collect that stat, those stats and that information. He led the league in drops last year. And then again, I mentioned this earlier and I joke around with this, but with Juju Smith Schuster and James Washington entering contract seasons, if they leave in free agency next off season, how do you replace both of those players? So those are the things that I'm watching this preseason, but is there something that really sticks out to you in the four games that the Steelers have that you're really watching in the 2021 preseason? No, not really. I'm just looking at it as a whole, what you just said. So Deontay Johnson, um, I think he's going to shake back because we all forgot that Devontae Adams led the league when he was young and dropped passes. And we all see what Devontae Adams is now, uh, a all-pro receiver, one-two receiver in this league. So I don't think Deontay is going to have a problem shaking back from his drops. Uh, that quarterback position will be very interesting, you know. So you got Mason. But uh, Mason has to look at Dwayne Haskins and for Big Ben to say something about Dwayne Haskins, for me, raise the eyebrow. Because usually Seven doesn't talk about really nobody other than Pouncey and Juju on that team. So for him to talk about somebody who plays his position and backing them up, 
um, the first thoughts that came to my head when I heard his his comments on Dwayne was, "Uh oh, we might got action." And having action and saying he could be Big Ben's successor. You know, don't forget he was a first round draft pick. Don't forget he had and played big time games at Ohio State, won big games at Ohio State. And don't forget he's a prototypical corner. So when I look at it, I look at it. Pittsburgh got a steal because they got a guy with unique talent, strong arm, and a guy who have played in a cold weather. Ohio is right down the street from PA. So you got a guy who know how to throw the ball in the cold, who know how to move in the cold. The cold isn't a factor for him. So when I saw seven, seven meaning Big Ben, when I saw seven, gave them comments about Dwayne, I said, uh-oh, Pittsburgh got action. So it's going to be interesting to see what they do between Mason Rudolph and Dwayne Haskins. Um, hopefully this change of scenery, this organization, the culture has changed Dwayne Haskins' mind, and he hopefully he's matured over the couple of months he's been in the city of Pittsburgh. Both still very young players, and we'll see how they perform in preseason action. I don't want to take too much away from OTAs or training camp because even the media members that get to go only get to go for a limited time when they're allowed to, to see practice day in and day out. And so I want to see their body of work over the entire offseason and preseason to know, okay, this player is going to back up Big Ben, and we'll see how that shakes out. You mentioned Deontay Johnson. I think in the 2021 season, he could take the jump that we anticipated in 2020 because when he has the ball in his hands, that isn't the problem. The problem was the focus. And I go back to that Bills game from the 2020 season, Ike. It was the Steelers' second loss of the season. And they had to take him off the field because he could not hang on to the football. But as soon as they did that, Ike, and you pointed this out to me, it the, the, the Bills could sit on all the Steelers' routes. Yeah. And, and that down-the-field threat, that receiver who could take the top off the defense was not on the field. If he cuts his drops down by, say, half, think about how productive he was even despite the drops that he had in 2020. Yeah. Again, I, I think the jump we thought he was going to make last season is coming this upcoming yeah, season. I agree 100. I agree 100 because, see, now, now, now you're talking about Turkey. Now you're watching football. You saw when they took – Deontay off that field, how the Pittsburgh offense looked. And this is no disrespect to Juju, no disrespect at all. But that's what I'm saying. Pittsburgh ain't tripping on paying him number two money because Deontay Johnson is the number one. And it, it showed – it was a gift and a curse for Deontay to get off the field for a few plays in that Buffalo game because it showed – and even the announcer, I think Al Michaels – was calling that game and they said it as well the electricity is 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 gone off the pittsburgh Steelers offense when he's not on board and this is no disrespect to juju this is no disrespect to chase claypool it's just if you're going to throw the ball 35 times a game you're going to be looking at deontay more than more than less i would say and the reason why is because He's that electric. You know, he's always open. He's one of these receivers where he's always open, in my mind, regardless of who who is who is who is guarding him. So uh I can't wait to see him this year. I think he's gonna have a hell of a year coming up. And again, here go the Pittsburgh Steelers 
in their front office, always finding receivers in the low rounds that wind up being pro bowlers and all pros. I think from this point on, if Deontay don't drop or if he can just cut him in half, he will be a all pro caliber receiver. What was the analogy you used? Now you're talking my turkey, Ike. I love that. Talking, I've never heard that now before. Now you're talking my turkey. That's, we say it in the locker room all the time. I love that. I love that. Ike, as we start to wrap up here on the show, I want to encourage the listeners and the viewers, hit that five-star review. If you're watching Please. on YouTube, hit subscribe to the Believe It Steelers podcast. want to thank you, Ike. You're the absolute best, chopping it up week in and week out with you. To the Believe Podcast Network, the folks over at Brinks TV, led by John Brinkus and our producer, Courtney Vargas, and our sponsors, Bet Online, and our new sponsor, Moink, as well. But they all make this possible week in and week out, Ike, and it's something I look forward to doing each week. It's, it's the best. I might as well just go out on copycat what you said, man. Shout out to Bet Online for giving Mark and I the opportunity. Um, I appreciate what I appreciate that with all my heart. Shout out to Believing Steelers Podcast for for calling us and believing in us. Um, this is going on what three years for us that fast? <laughs> More? Not I'm gonna go Lee Corso. Not so fast. We're approaching year two this oh, coming October, Ike. Up. But I am glad Rock you mentioned that because, well, I, I I am glad you mentioned that, Ike, because we're nearing our our 100th episode so we'll be into triple digits at that point we're gonna get something planned big for the 100th episode for our listeners and viewers so not quite three years quite yet ike but we'll get there well i count the pandemic as being two years so (laughs) put that on put that on me but shout out to 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 bet online for for being with us from day one shout out to the believe it's still a podcast for just believing in Mark and I. Shout out to Miss Courtney and her team at Brinks TV for putting a lot of flavor on our food. Meaning, man, all all the stuff y'all see with the subscriptions and the preseasons and the wrap ups and the bet online, everything that look fancy. Um, when y'all watching us, man, that come from Brinks TV, Miss Courtney and her team. Shout out to my dog Mark for sure. Um, we've been chopping up. Now you are like fam. You know, I'm I'm texting mom, I'm texting dad on 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 IG. We all just chopping it up every time we do FaceTime, man. And you with the family, it's always been good to say hi and see them. You know what I'm saying? Shout out and make sure y'all give us five stars because we are five stars when it comes down to chopping it up on the Believe It Still This podcast. But man, I just want to thank everybody for always tuning in. Um, like Mark said, give us a review, right? ask questions. We always like talking to the fans. I always like talking to the fans. So, man, I just want to appreciate everybody between Bet Online Podcast, Brink TV, Marky Mark, and our viewers. We all fam. For Ike Taylor, I'm Mark Bergen. Thank you for listening to the Believe in Steelers podcast. We will see you next week. Take care. And so long, everybody. Peace. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.